0: This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. Where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food.
1: My guests this afternoon are two local Bridgeport residents doing some good things on their urban farm. They call it Park City Harvest, and I'd like to welcome Richard Myers and Sean Joseph to Digging in the Dirt. Welcome guys.
2: Hey, thanks for thanks for inviting us, man. How's it going?
1: No problem. Hey, so you're here ostensibly to talk about your new book, but let's let we, before we get into that, why don't we talk a little bit about Park City Harvest? You want to tell me a little bit about? Give everybody a picture of what it is. Well,
0: I'll let I'll let Sean go ahead and speak on that. All right. Well, Park City Harvest, we're our urban farm uh, out of Bridgeport. We're located on the north side of Bridgeport on some private property that uh we've actually been um, property owner was gracious enough to uh, sign a lease with us to be able to farm on her land, and uh, we just. Typically, we are market gardeners, meaning that we garden or farm to, um, with the idea of bringing everything to farmers' markets. Uh, and over the years, just with different challenges that we faced, we did kind of uh, pivot a little bit to where a lot of the um, produce that we do grow, we turn to value-added products. So we do have a few different product lines that we do have uh, available as well. And overall, we're just, uh, our main mission is to change the image of farming. A lot of farmers don't typically come from the areas we come from or look like us. And on top of just showing and displaying that there are farmers from all walks of life and backgrounds, but more so for the people within our community and for the younger generation coming up behind us, that um to show them that this is a viable option as far as a, as far as a way of living and as a career
1: path. So cool. That's, uh, you guys were up there with me at the uh, Connecticut NOFA uh, seminar over the weekend, and that, I think it was evident that there's, you know, more representation, right, from BIPOC farmers. It's It was a good thing to see, and I think uh, every, from what I was talking to Freedom and people like yourself, it seems like it was all good because, you know, Leah Penniman was the keynote speaker, and she was really inspiring. What did you think about the seminar?
2: I believe it's my favorite seminar so far. I've definitely been there multiple times, but this one was definitely one that I've definitely going to remember for a long time. It was great.
1: Yep, Are you doing a little bit of organizing and fraternizing to make sure you're all on the same page.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely.
1: What What did you think about it, Sean?
0: I was uh, amazed by it. It's like you said, after um, going for for a few years, maybe four or five years, we've been going. Uh, definitely seen um, a big shift and a change as far as the uh, representation of farmers that are out there. And uh, it was it was very inspiring and uplifting to see um, just everybody that came from our communities and everything. And the fact that, like you said, we were able to uh, get together and um, have a little bit of fellowship and also be able to kind of work together, get everybody on the same page. And in turn, um, we had this set up previously, but a majority of all the BIPOC farmers that were there they actually did uh, come to our spot uh, yesterday and we had a kind of a group project we were working on together and helping Rich and myself get our greenhouse finished.
1: Oh, really? So how did that yeah. work out? Rich, Rich uh, mentioned that to me. How did it work out? Did you get it done or is it uh, well along or you still got a ways to go?
0: Uh, we still have a few things to do, but it's definitely leaps and bounds closer towards completion than, than when it started and definitely from where we were at before everybody showed up with us yesterday. So it was definitely just good to see over the years, everybody we've either had interactions with or spoke to, that we've gone to a place where we're in constant communication with each other and support for each other. And the support has gone way past just, you know, like on social media or anything like that. It's actually people on multiple occasions, not just for us, but us included for other people just showing up. And you know, being more hands-on or being more vocal about you know advocating and the assistance of uh all of our other farmers out
1: there. Yeah, get to hug and shake hands in a little bit. That's what I felt too about you know people I've been talking to on the radio. It's nice to run into them and get put a face to a face and and uh, you know I think building community is a big uh, important part of the future. And you guys are doing a good job in that regard. So I, that's why I like having you on. So that well, that's good. I mean, one one thing about the farm I want to know is. You, you have a cookbook now. It's also how to grow. So is what's in the cookbook the kind of things you're growing? Are you growing uh, collards? or and, and how's the community reacting to all that?
2: Well, the stuff that we have in the book are typical stuff that we grow in the neighborhood, typical stuff that people ask how to grow. So I took a tally of the main things that people ask how to grow. And it's a variety so it's not only fruiting vegetable but it's leafy vegetables it's stuff that you can grow on the ground so even if it's not the direct vegetable in there you have an idea of how to grow something similar to it mm-hmm. and um we also at the farm market we always hear people how do we cook this so now we have um a list of stuff in there an array of recipes in there so yeah, buy, buy my
1: book. <laughs>
2: it, cook it and if you don't know how to cook it now, you know how to grow it. Yeah, I got Especially you. With yeah. a time right now where everything at the grocery store is crazy high and even if it's crazy high, the cucumbers the same
1: anymore Yeah, it's nothing like growing something that's uh, organic cuz it's in your backyard or right? you're not spraying it with any crap and 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 it's fresh, it's good, right? exactly
2: and not traveling from miles and miles away or overseas
1: yeah and i told you and you told me we're both growing microgreens right now because i i was in shock they saw iceberg lettuce for 6.99 and i go that's the end of that i'm growing some microgreens <laughs> 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 and that's what i did and they're tasty you know And they're right down in the basement you go down there with scissors and shear off what you want for dinner and that's it you know that's the way i'm doing it you know so yeah, yeah. I get They're
2: it real tasty. They have multiple different flavors, all the My main thing is right now, microgreens have a lot of nutrition. I want to pump it into our neighborhoods, but I have to inform everyone about it first. Right. So it has 40 times as much um, nutrients in it as a counterpart to full, the full grown vegetable. So if we inform people more of the nutritions of it, I think they'll take it in more because microgreens is something you can grow within a week. So everyone can grow it within their home or you can take it easily. Right?
1: How did the seminar go? You were teaching microgreens. How did that go?
2: Oh, it went well. I had a lot of people come up and um, gave me a lot of compliments on it. So I didn't know if it went well, but a lot of people told me it
0: went well. So mm-hmm. it was a packed room. There were so many people in the in the classroom that there were people standing up by the back room and by the door as well. Yep. So cool. he, he's going to try to underplay it, but yeah, he he had a packed room mm. and it was a lot of people there, and everybody loved and enjoyed the uh, the actual workshop
1: itself. That's great, and, and everybody's seen that six ninety nine iceberg lettuce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they're they're really interested. <laughs> so you have value added products. You call it. that means you're making some of the stuff you grow into products and selling them, right? So what what give us an idea what you do doing with that?
0: Uh, one of the main ones that we do is uh, pickles. It's a Haitian condiment that um, I always grew up with, being of Haitian descent. So it's essentially um, it's a pickled it's a spicy pickled cabbage. So it's um we have the hot peppers that we grow, the cabbage and the carrots, and then we'll just process and pickle them with some vinegar. And so that's one of the items. Then we also throughout the season it changes. We'll have uh, different flavors of infused olive oil that we that we make. So we'll have like a garlic and chive one. Mm. Then we also do a chili oil with a combination of our hot peppers. And we have a rosemary and rosemary, sage, and thyme olive oil as well that we have from our, the different herbs that we grow. So those are just a couple of them. We also do like a spicy salt. Uh, we have uh, tea bags that we, of- or loose leaf tea bags that we have with different herbs that we grow as well. We do have uh, shirts that we do make. So some of the flowers are herbs. We have local um, fashion designers. They'll turn them into dyes for naturally dyed teas as well. And I'm just, if I'm missing anything, jump in here, Rich. Oh, I'm sorry. One of the biggest, one of our bigger sellers are some of the candles that um, that we make. So it, we have a long line of different scents that we have on our candles, but they essentially started from our rose and lavender candles. Rich's fiance, she actually uh, started her own candle line for aromatherapy and to help others in... in going through any type of uh, stress or different difficult situations. So we started off with um, roses that we grow as well as our lavender that we grow. We started from there and just with the interest in it and seeing how it, uh, it helped a few close people to us through troubled times. So we kind of expanded that as well.
1: Good. So you're saying that the candles is your hottest product now?
0: It depends on the event. If it's not a like agricultural based event, the the uh, candles, tend to, uh, be the, uh, to steal the spotlight of the show. But uh, if it is like an agriculture or food-based event, um, it definitely leans towards between the peak leaves and the olive oils. I would say probably the olive oils more so. We kind of get uh, almost harassed and attacked for when the next batch of olive oils are coming out. Oh,
1: cool. cool. Yeah. My yeah.
2: favorite is definitely the, um, the black garlic, I'm not gonna say. We usually run
1: out of that so quick. Yeah. I got a I got some black garlic going in the in the uh, garage most of the time. You got to have it out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Produces a big stink, you know, for, but it's worth it. <laughs> Real good. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk about the book. A lot of people were asking about recipes and also how to grow their own. Is it you think it's getting more so that people are interested in growing their own food?
2: I would have to say yes. I would say for the past two years, I would say more people are leaning towards that way. We have people reaching out to us all the time, asking us how to grow or different growing techniques. Because we have our business since 2017, and I feel like there's been a spike within the past two, probably three years of people really wanting to know how to grow their own.
1: You think it's because of COVID or just because people are saying they want to eat healthier and there's no nothing available in your areas? I mean, what's the re- reason
2: I think it's a mix of both. Me, personally, I think it's a mix of both. I think if the prices are going up, I think a lot of people are losing jobs. I think a lot of people are noticing that the stuff in grocery stores is not always the best. I think a um, array of things when it comes to that. But I also think that everyone needs to grow their own and make sure they can grow or find a local farmer that they can't get something from.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. So the book is moving pretty well. You're having some success with it?
2: Yes, I will have to say at the CT No. That was our biggest seller, and I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy that people are so receptive to it. Um, it's basically a customer base book, and everyone that I thought have liked it, and um, people that I even think wouldn't get like Leah Penna. She's a person that wrote the book, um, Farming Wild Black. When she bought my book, I was like, oh my goodness,
1: <laughs> you scored.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah well, it's
1: not, it's not you know I bought it. <laughs> well, yeah. I can't see there. Right. It is thank you very much yeah i'm gonna be using some of it like i said i'm not a big kale fan but i really want to try your college recipe and i'm definitely going to try the um the squash pie that 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 looks like i'm definitely got a sweet tooth so i'm gonna check out that so what what do you like most about this i mean you think this is like a necessity for you to do this because of what's happening in society and your communities or, or is it because you really love it and it makes sense for you to do this
0: it's a little bit of both. Um, as far as, uh, it definitely is a necessity. One thing I'd like to tell certain, or I like to tell people is if a farmer doesn't work, nobody eats literally. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely is a necessity for, you know, just strict survival, but, um, it, it is also a passion and it's, it's a combination of everything, but, uh, it is definitely a combination between a necessity and a passion for it. Um, i think collectively between rich and i we have probably uh like 60 years of growing experience between the two of us and so it definitely is something that is a passion uh even if we weren't getting paid for it we'd be somewhere growing something and just with the um just with the love of our or love for our community we also saw the need uh for them to eat healthier you know there are our communities riddled with different health problems so a lot of it comes from you know malnutrition so we definitely want to make sure that they had the, the food that they needed and then once we saw more of an interest in that that's kind of what led us more towards you know doing some type of um education or instruction behind it so that's kind of where the uh, the book aspect came out from it but from everything that we're doing it's definitely because we love to do it. We love growing plants. I know I'll eat or snack on something all day long. So I like growing edible plants. And, you know, and there's definitely a need for it, you know. So I think COVID showed us how, uh, how much we all need to rely on each other as well as how much we all need to rely on ourselves. And I think a lot of people just had time to sit and catch up on what's going on in the world. And I think more people turn their focus more towards health as well
1: really that's good news i think yeah cool so you think the community is accepting it and is looking for what you're offering and other people like Kanisha Mohammed, she's she's doing stuff like this she's been on here you know those your community is is looking for it and you are feeling a little more acceptance in what you're doing
2: yeah definitely um the thing is we're constantly, no matter where we go, we're we're constantly being asked growing, growing tactics, right? And I, I would like to continuously teach everyone how to grow, but the reality is I can't be everywhere,
1: right? Get, get your stuff done too, yeah.
2: No matter how much content I put out there, I put out multiple videos. We put out, we put out multiple Patreon videos instagram but it feels like there's always more questions so hopefully this book gives a lot of answers to those questions out
1: yeah i think it does and it's nice it's it's got a nice price point you know it's not bad you know 15 bucks you get a lot of good information you know and so you can get it on amazon that's where i got it but where where else can you get the book and all the stuff you're selling to including your t-shirts and i wanted to ask one of you tell me what what's behind stay loyal to the soil how did you come up with that but first let's go to the other the other question, you know, where can everybody get your stuff? Um you get
2: our stuff at www.parkcityharvest.com. As well if you go if you're looking for the book alone, you go to Amazon just type in grow to Eat, a vegetable growing guide. Um but the best way to keep up with it would be following our Instagram as park.city.harvest.com. I mean park.city.harvest.llc and we're constantly posting up what's going on new within the company.
1: Uh, Say that again one more time slowly (laughs) so they can get it.
2: All right. So um, the website is www.parkcityharvest.com. You get our book on Amazon as well, um, as well as the website. Um, If you type in grow to eat a vegetable growing guide, you should see two black farmers on the the front of the cover. It's not hard to make.
1: It's a great picture. You guys, I mean, it captures
2: you both. I love it. The thing is, we look great regardless. So when you're gardening you <laughs> look great. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. It's just something that God has blessed us with. When you're a farmer, you just look great for some reason.
1: Yeah, I agree with. You. And you feel great, don't you? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I I dig it when I'm out in the garden, and then I, you know, I'm eating some of the tomatoes right off the vine or whatever, you know, or I I get I find a pest and get rid of it. You know, it's like <laughs> you feel you feel tapped into the soil, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like counting up how much, how many pounds of tomatoes I'm growing. You know, That's those kind of things that make it's gratifying right so tell me what's the biggest obstacle you can each one of you can answer what's the biggest obstacle you face when you're when you're doing this
0: biggest obstacle it's been a lot of obstacles thank god we've been able to overcome all of them so far but i would say in the beginning our biggest obstacle was access to land we kind of started off just uh, because we did want to keep everything as close to or in bridgeport itself Because I said a part of what we wanted to do was changing the image of farming and showing our community that this is something that they can do. So that was one of our biggest hurdles was finding land. Because we essentially, we were growing in every single community garden that was available in Bridgeport. So just logistic wise of getting to each of the plots and then when it came time for harvest and everything like that, it it was definitely a challenge and a headache.
2: Well, us being urban farmers, and we are third. I'm from a third world country. Um, Most of us don't have access to land, and then another part of that is a lot of us don't have access to funding.
1: That's what I was thinking about. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um. One of our biggest hurdles are funding. We work on the lowest budget that we can. So even starting the company, we start off with in school. We start off with little vegetables that we grow in class, and we have um. I for myself, I have food stamps, so I use my EBT card to buy seeds. And we've just been perpetually going since then. So we haven't hit a big leap yet to say like we're finally established when it comes funds-wise because we're still working off of what we have. But I would say that's the biggest hurdle we have to bring us to the next level.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Talking to Richard Myers and Sean Joseph of Park City Harvest Farm. They are right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut, doing some really good things. These guys are hard workers. You guys are playing at all different angles. And I really admire what you're up to. So, you know, it's good to hear stories like this. So what's your goals for the future, you guys? What, what, What do you like to see happen here?
2: uh goals for the future well i do have a children's book coming out soon or i would say Park City the harvest in, in general we have a book we teamed up with um a farmer out here in Newport, um Jess, and we're going to have a book called harvest heroes is um teaching kids about food waste and composting but in a cool. in a fun way i can't wait for that um we have a microgreen subscription going on if you go to parkcityharvest.com you'll see it there's people that can donate towards the microgreen program where we can um help pump the Michael Green into our neighborhood. Um, I'm looking for that to go off. um, Go ahead. um, The bookstores, if bookstores would like to accept our book, I'm waiting for, um, I'm waiting to hear
0: from them as well. Well, that's everything that we do have going on. um, That's on the horizon as right now, other than just getting ready for this next market season coming up. Uh, Goals that I would like to see is um, to have some source outside of a community garden, but to have some sort of a localized growing space in um in each of the food deserts that that are located uh, initially within our city and uh throughout the state is to have some type of um area where food can be grown uh all year long in, in these food deserts so whether people are able to go and purchase straight from there or if those buildings or plots of land or area if they would actually supply the um local corner stores and bodegas because that's where a lot of people do go get uh most of their produce or groceries or anything from so Mm -hmm. if uh, those places had healthier options even if it's just healthier options for them to make the sandwiches with but it's definitely a that's one of the goals that i would like to see have happen
1: sounds like a good idea to me so let's wrap this up with the t-shirt stay loyal to the soil It's got a nice little ring to it. Why should we stay loyal to the soil?
0: Again, it goes back to if a farmer doesn't work, nobody eats. Anything and everything that we do and or have, it all starts from something that has been grown. So it's just a matter of staying loyal to the soil, Uh, just not to get too uh, philosophical, but the first profession that was ever created or given to man was tending the land and things of that nature. So this is just the way for us to keep in contact and to be tapped in with our ancestors and everything starts from and returns to the soil. So it's uh we can't call this place Mother Earth and not be loyal to your own mother. So that's that's essentially what it comes down to. And then you can make it smaller or larger as you can. So with us staying loyal to the soil means staying loyal to Bridgeport, staying loyal to our community, staying loyal to our family. However, you want to flip it, it can be flipped. But uh, essentially, it just means staying grounded and stand loyal to your to your cause.
1: Cool. Uh, Richard Myers and Sean Joseph of Park City Harvest. Thanks for being here. All
0: right. Thanks for having us, Kevin.
1: Thanks for inviting us. You're, you're welcome. You guys take care.
0: You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher.